Let me tell you why you're here. You're here because you know something. What you know you can't explain, but you feel it. You felt it your entire life. There's something wrong in the world. You don't know what it is, but it's there. Hello, friends, and welcome to The Secret Podcast at Sixth Sense Media and Service of Change. I'm your host, Dennis Nappy II. This is the show that aims to make the paranormal feel quite normal and the supernatural quite natural. We challenge reality, question that which we've been taught in hopes of inspiring a new direction of thought to bring about change. That's exactly what we're looking into in this episode of The Seeker Podcast. We want to go a little bit further down that rabbit hole as we explore more of these advancements and dangers of artificial intelligence, the swarm robot technology that seems to be coming up much too quickly, and some other hot buttons in the news that we've come across in the past week. Like a i got to be honest, I uh, I was going to take this weekend off just because it was the holiday, I was distracted, I was spending time with my family, and uh, yesterday, today's Sunday, it's Sunday morning right now, Welcome. the 26th of November, and I sat down Saturday night to do it because Friday I was just, you know, involved in holiday and family stuff, I sat down last evening to do it, I was just fried, I said, you know what, it's a holiday weekend, I'm going to take the weekend off, and today I was just going through some stuff, getting caught up in my feeds, and, and I just felt like... I can't, I can't not do the show. I think there's important things that are out there that are going on. There's been a good discussion, a good energy going with uh, with my listeners. Um, I just felt that the information that that was sent to me this week, uh, I, I need to talk about. I need to share on the show because I think it's important for us to keep this line of thought, this line of inquiry, inquiry open. Uh, so here I am, it's Sunday morning, 10.42, I've got my kids playing in the room next to me right now, hopefully they don't chime in, but if they do, we'll, we'll adapt and, and overcome. But it's an important, it's important to do, not saying I'll never take a day off, but uh, you know, this weekend I am not. A couple things going on in the news, uh, actually I want to share a commentary from uh, co-founder Ray Davis, and again, if you're not following the Sixth Sense Media on Twitter, on Facebook, I highly recommend you do. There's been some wonderful discussions. Ray's been putting some great thought-provoking things up there. And, um, you know, on the Facebook feed, that's facebook.com slash the Sixth Sense Media. He said, I'm going to read, you know, exactly what he put up this week. Commentary. President Trump boasts of his military buildup. At least on the topic of endless bipartisan warfare, he represents no change at all. In fact, he seems to represent a military escalation exceeding even the Bush and Obama administrations. The president argues the military was sorely underfunded during the Obama administration. This has been a standard talking point for Republicans for 40 years. Its relationship to fact is dubious. Generally speaking, U.S. military spends, when you include Iraq and Afghanistan, that were done largely off-budget, has increased for decades under Democrats and Republicans. Presidents from both parties have now used and abused the blank check authorization for use of military force, AUMF, rubber stamped by Congress after 9-11. At a moment when we need leadership that finds better reasons to avoid conflict, we only have ever more focused on improving our means to execute and spread conflict. Our world, not just the United States, seems drunk today with the idea that violence by terrorism or national militaries can solve Earth's problems. We have 6,000 years of history to prove this isn't so. Few mindsets have persisted so long against such poor results. Let us build better humans instead of just better weapons. Ray Davis for Sixth Sense Media. He has an image here. Uh, We're ordering tremendous amounts of new equipment. We're at $700 billion for the military. He said, the Navy, I can tell you, we're ordering ships 
With the Air Force, I can tell you we're ordering a lot of planes, in particular the F-15 fighter jet, which is like almost like an invisible fighter. Okay, that's a quote from Donald Trump that Ray shared at the end of uh, of his posting. So it really, um, you know, it makes you think: Why are we in this state of perpetual war? Why are we investing? Now, if you've listened to my show, you know we have the research that shows other ways to reduce acts of violence. You know that we are capable of investing in these alternative alternative lifestyles and methods, but instead we continue to fund the weapons of war. In my classroom this past week, I reviewed um, a, a news report with my students how the military is looking to increase its strength to 80,000 troops, uh, and they're talking about granting waivers for certain conditions that you have in the military. They said, actually, you know, one alarming statistic, they said this is through a CNN report, they said that only 30% of the applicants for the United States military today are in uh, the physical the meet the minimum physical fitness requirements, the height and weight requirements. Uh, most of these Americans that are coming in are overweight and out of shape. I mean, that's a whole other pandemic that's going on with our food system, with our healthcare system. Um, you, I mean, everything's tied in. You know, the more you study this stuff, the more you follow every lead you get, every question you get, you start seeing how everything's related. That's why I think the question sometimes is more important than the answer because. The more you be start digging into you know, truth-seeking and looking for information, the more questions you have and the more you branch out. Well, why is the military, why are so many Americans overweight? Well, now we need to start looking at health care. Now we need to start looking at the diet. Now we start coming into Monsanto. Now we look at big pharma and the ties to government. And the government ties to other countries and the state of perpetual war. Everything is connected. And that's what we're starting to see. That's not what we're starting to see. That's what we know now. It's not even a conspiracy theory. It's it's conspiracy fact. We see this happening. My point being, now they're so desperate for people because people are getting out of the military. Now, let's keep in mind, 22 U.S. service members a day, U.S. veterans per day, are committing suicide because they can't deal with the stress of the combat they went through or the military life that they went through. And the United States Department of Veterans Affairs is doing nothing. They're not doing enough. And now they want to grab 80,000 more young kids and throw them into the meat grinder. Wake up, people. I, I don't ever use that term, but wake up. We need to start investing in alternative means. I, I, in my opinion, you want to have a military? Defensive only. Let's let's bring the troops home. Let's rally, rally them around our borders. Look outward from any potential external threats. Don't pull the Gestapo crap where they're looking in and, and exploring the citizens, which I'm going to talk about on this show as well. Uh, I, I came across some very, very scary technology. I'm not trying to spread fear, but it's something you need to be aware of. So I'll get to that shortly. They're, they're, one of the standards they're looking to grant waivers for is for mental health conditions, for people who have had a history of depression and self-harm. Now, I, I want to tread lightly on this subject. Mental health is something that's very important to me. I've experienced personally with people I care about and, and professionally with students and you know with citizens as, as an officer, as a police officer. I, I don't think we should discriminate against somebody just because they have a mental health history. However, if you have somebody who's susceptible to mental health challenges, I... Putting them in the military and sending them to combat when soldiers are come, soldiers who are cleared not to have mental health challenges are coming out with mental health issues, I think is a very bad idea. 
And that's very, very concerning to me. What are we producing in this world? And it makes me take that step back and say, listen, if you've listened to my shows on Loosh, we're one big Loosh production factory. We're keeping the people in that state of suffering because that energetic frequency output is the desired outcome, that frequency of fear and suffering and loneliness and sadness. And there's more evidence to support that, I think, than there is against it. The system seems to create these emotions, and that's something we need to take seriously. So, Aiden, yet my other question is, why are we beefing up the military so much? Does Trump just want to stroke his ego? Possibly. Or is there some greater agenda that we're not quite aware of? I mean, you know, it looked like the, the Saudi and Iran are, are, you know, on the brink of war is what they're talking about here. North Korea, you know, Russia, everything. Is it going to happen or is this like 1984 where they just had this alleged perpetual state of war, keep people in that state of fear, keep people working for the state? I don't, I don't know. But... I think we need to be cautious with what we're supporting and, and pay close attention to what's going on in the world. And don't believe the hype that's coming through the mainstream when they start identifying different countries as your enemy right away. Keep an open mind, as I always say at the end of the show. All right, let me move past that. Uh, something pretty that I found pretty cool. Uh, talking about earthquakes and psychic predictions. Now, this is what the Pakistan, uh, sorry, the Pakistani government I'm trying to read this here, is is using right now. And this comes to us from uh, timesofindia.indiatimes.com. I'll share this in the show notes at servicechange.com. Extrasensory perception of a Karela man is the source of PAC ISI's earthquake prediction. Okay, uh, Just the highlights from this article. A Karela-based organization has warned about the possibility of an earthquake on December 17, 2017. The organization has made the prediction based on extrasensory perception. Pakistan's intelligence agency has based its report on a letter written by the organization to Prime Minister uh, Narendra Modi. Now, this is exactly what I've been promoting for, uh, for for us to move towards, is is using psychic data for predictive purposes or for analytical purposes, for everything really that we do. It's not saying that we need this absolutely say with absolute certainty we're going to have an earthquake on this date. But it's the same thing when you start seeing uh, increases in seismic activity around a particular volcano. You're going to sit there and you're going to say, well, there's a chance this volcano might erupt. And then you look for other indicators, other data, solar activity, if you follow suspicious observers and, and what they're doing at spaceweathernews.com, fantastic earthquake prediction apps that they have. Okay, But they're looking at data. Well, psychic data is another form of data. It's not the only data. So it's not sitting here saying, well, we have this psychic data. It's definitely going to happen. But it's another corroborating piece if it's gathered appropriately. So uh, you know, props to them over there in Pakistan for, for recognizing this and using it. I hope that it catches on. Uh, before I jump into the AI stuff, was there anything else I wanted to talk about? No. All right. So let's talk about AI for a minute here. Uh, hang on a second. So I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go down the rabbit hole here for a minute. Again, I've been going off the deep end with AI stuff, but I don't think it's really that far off the deep end when you start to take a look at the data that that I've been compiling and other people have been compiling regards to AI. Now, again, we have the t some of the top brains in the world 
warning us about the dangers of AI. And I talked about this last week. I've talked about this on several shows. You know, and everything's available right now through through iTunes and through SoundCloud and through Google Play and TuneIn Radio, a whole bunch of spots where you can get this. Uh, here's where we are right now, though. You've got Elon Musk and and uh, Stephen Hawking warning that AI is dangerous. It's a threat. Um, you know, the singularity meaning tech becoming self-aware could pose a very real risk to humanity. Now, even if the singularity doesn't happen, automation is happening, and it threatens people's jobs. You've got the, the through Tesla, you've got these self-driving trucks that are going to completely decimate the trucking industry. It's probably going to destroy the, the taxi and the limo services and everything like that as well. That's, that's going away, they say, by 2030, which isn't too far away. And they're predicting that, they are predicting with AI that it's going to be 10,000, that's going to have an IQ of something like 10,000 within the next 30 years. This is going to be a pretty smart machine. We're looking at the board right here. Now, what I am what I am starting to kind of tie in, last week I talked about um, the Gnostic writings and what they called was a aeons and aeonic copies. Now, this is a 1,500-year-old text written by the Gnostics, and they're basically saying that uh, realities and false realities exist. Again, 1,500 years ago, that's why my mind is blown that this is the... the data that they were sharing, the knowledge that they were sharing with us out there. Now, the, the Gnostics talk about what's referred to as the Archons, the Demiurge, which when Sophia, who was an Aeon, wanted to create on her own, she wanted to create this reality that we have right here. As a byproduct of her creation, she created the Archons unintentionally. Or the Demiurge. Now, let's make a connection here. The AI robot that was just granted citizenship in Saudi Arabia, its name is Sophia. Is that a, a, an allegory to something here? The creator of the next race? Now, what, what I think is that this AI is somehow connected to this archonic intelligence. I think it's some kind of a, possibly some kind of AI. I know I'm sounding crazy here, right? But just bear with me for a minute. This AI is looking for a way to better manifest itself in this reality because our reality is changing. Our consciousness is shifting. Its influence, its stronghold over us is not as good as it was a hundred years ago because through our consciousness, through our awareness, we find liberation. We find freedom. We can recognize what I've been talking about in my thesis, these energy parasites and how they're draining us because this could possibly be some type of farm, some type of louche farm. If you think that sounds nuts, please go back and listen to previous shows. It's, it's well backed up where I'm coming from on this. But for right now, I'm going to keep it moving. Okay? But let's assume that's true. You have these archons, these demiurge, who's, who's created through this aeon, which is some kind of high, high, high tech, which is ultimately an AI. And then you have this other AI that wants to create us to feed off of us. Now, that's... That's also in the Nag Hammadi library that they created these archons. The archons created man, which is a water the, the watered-down version comes to us in Genesis. It doesn't talk about the archons. It doesn't talk about all the negative stuff about them. Um, but but they're, they're there. So now you have these archons. They've lost their control, their influence over mankind. So what happens? We start pushing this fear-based agenda, be afraid of AI tech, which is based in reality. You should be afraid of it. And then Elon Musk says, hey... In order to beat them, we need to merge with tech. Well, what's that going to do? It's going to put 
nanotechnology into our brains to merge us with a computer, to merge our consciousness to a cloud. Now, our consciousness is going to be directly linked to the brain of the AI. It's again going to have that system of control over us. Now, if you look at our own existence, I've been studying the psychic stuff extensively, for the, especially over the last year, but for the past several years. I've been experimenting with it. My extrasensory perception has grown tremendously. Um, you know, I'm, I'm fascinated. I'm amazed at the things that, that I can perceive now. And I'm, I'm nobody special, believe me. I'm not trying to sound that way. This is something I know we are all capable of doing. But I think that whatever is manipulating this universe, this reality that we exist within, has put out a signal that hinders our ability to connect to this wireless internet that is, is our natural state. Because many of us now are overcoming that, the, the signal isn't as strong as it used to be. It's not working the way it used to be. So what we have now is the idea of, well, we need to go a level deeper. We need to create a new reality, a new aeonic copy through this cloud and put everybody back to sleep again. Put everybody back into that state of ignorance where they're not aware of all this stuff so we can go back to giving them their jolts of fear-based stuff and feed off of it and they will not be the wiser. So there's my two cents on this, but you have this nanotechnology, which it's getting smaller and smaller and smaller. I saw a robot that was small enough to capture a human sperm and take it to an egg to fertilize the egg for people who have weak swimmers. Okay? I don't know if that's the PC term, but... So, this nanotechnology is becoming the building blocks of life. It's getting to that size again. And I, I keep saying this. I think this has happened before. I think that our own creation is some kind of advanced technology. I think that's what we are. So now, the other thing that we're dealing with, with the, this increase in tech, I'm going to tie this back to, to some ancient stuff in a minute. You have the video that came out, I covered it last week, about the swarm robot technology. And that's pretty scary as it is. You know, go back, listen to last week's show. I had the links to the video and everything. Um, it was a fictional video, but it was talking about the real dangers of these little um, slaughter bots, they were calling them. They can put a bullet in your head, basically, in the, in the numbers of hundreds to thousands. Well, the reality is, just last January, the U.S. military released video footage of them dropping 106 micro-swarm drones that can overrun an enemy. So this technology exists. Now, they're, they're incorporating this with facial... They're saying eventually they're going to have the facial recognition capability to identify their targets. Now, keep in mind, other stuff that we've been covering on this show, that facial recognition technology, some thinkers out there at some of these universities, and I did a show on this... We're suggesting that the facial recognition technology will ultimately be able to determine your political affiliation. I don't know how true that is, but that might not even be necessary. Beyond the facial recognition, you have a crap ton of metadata out there right now for every post you like, every comment you make, every web page you visit. You have an online profile with millions of data points right there. If they want to read, quote, read somebody's mind, identify people who think against the system, 
They already have it. You want to connect an AI that's highly more intelligent and efficient than a human brain and give them access to that data and then weaponize them. It's a perfect storm. Now, this is doom and gloom, fear stuff. I'm moving into solutions. I do have that in this show. I want to make that quite clear. That's the whole point of this show is there's things that I think we can start doing to, to counteract this tech stuff. So if the AI is listening, I'm sure my stuff's going to be shut down pretty quick. All right. Or once this thing reaches singularity. There is what they have now is it's drone catcher technology. I'm going to have some links um, you know, I, I have a link to an article where DARPA is calling for this anti-drone technology to be more readily available by 2020. You have the FBI putting out a terror alert saying they're afraid that drones are going to start being used by ISIS and terrorist fighters to take down airplanes and to attack large groups of citizens by dropping explosives, chemicals, acids, all that stuff on there. Okay. Scary stuff. Now you have one company that released some drone countermeasures, and basically is they have a laser uh, equated to a laser cannon. And I'll share this link. This is from Reuters. Um, I'll have this link in the show notes. But it's a cannon that shoots uh, a signal, uh, a jamming signal, in the direction of the drones. They track it, you know, based on its heat signature, once they've identified it up to six miles away. And they shoot a jamming signal at this drone, and it can ultimately bring it down. That's a step in the right direction towards being able to target these drones. But how does that help you, the citizen, if things actually get crazy? And I'm going off the deep end here, but sometimes we need to do that because I don't want us to panic, but it's something that you should be thinking about. So we know that these signals can be jammed. Well, how many of us have jammers in our possession right now? Well, let's go off the deep end again. If this becomes a worst case scenario and this tech takes over, Put this in the back of your head. This is something you're going to want to invest in. Again, I hate going into that. What if Skynet is real and Terminator? But it's stuff I think about. But let's take it even on a, on a natural level. Let's say somebody does get a hold of these drone technologies and releases a swarm of 100. What are things that we can do? You know, Number one, I, I think jamming is definitely important. I think understanding how to implement a localized EMP, if that's even possible, or a direct EMP wave can take it. Because a whole swarm of these things, you're going to have to have some way to counteract them, uh, to put them down. So you have these tech, tech ways that maybe we can do that. You have to the, jam their signals. You've got EMPs that can obviously take them out. But I think as the average citizen, we need to be thinking low-tech what low-tech means do we have to counteract these drones? I don't know. Can you fire something in the air that will confuse them? Can you fire, uh, you know, how do they respond to liquid, to being wet, to being hit with hoses and things of that nature if this stuff starts to happen, if they start to, to release them? Um, you know, how can you counteract their listening capabilities? How can you jam, you know, in, in low-tech means? Is it something as simple as playing white noise so they can't capture what you're saying? Um, you know, if they're threatening you, you know, can you deploy some type of net or blanket that's going to get them all tied up, at least give you enough space to get away. These are the things that I think we should be brainstorming about now. Again, this tech is there. This tech is happening. It's something we need to think about at a minimum. I'm not saying hit the panic button right now. I'm saying start doing those mental exercises right now. Get past that cognitive dissonance and start just brainstorming. What would I do if? What things do I think might work? I'm hoping some of my listeners out there are technical and like to tinker around and say, hey, this, this is a good idea. This might work here to counteract this drone technology, these swarm robots. 
it sounds crazy every time I'm talking about it. I feel like I'm dissecting a science fiction novel, but this is in the mainstream press here. So just things to think about. Okay. In addition to that, I came across some information from somebody and I looked it up on my own over the weekend and it's something that I want to share with all of you. There's a company called ShotSpotter and they went public, I want to say last year. And the article I'm going to share is from, I'll share the business the, uh, business insider from, uh, you know, in the show notes. And I'm going to share the ShotSpotter website so you can do your own research and look at this. But according to this article that came out, uh, it looks like June 2017, over 90 cities in the United States had this technology already in place. And what they have is in high crime areas. Microphones strategically placed on on different spots that can capture the sound of gunfire. And then they triangulate those sounds and can pinpoint the location of where the gunshots came to in real time. In addition to that, there's an app that police officers can download on their smartphones and they get an instant alert anytime gunshots go off so they can immediately respond to wherever that location is. Now the article here talks about one particular incident. They responded and found shell casings within 11 feet of where the microphone indicated the shots were fired. Within 11 feet. My point is, Big Brother is already listening. Big Brother is already watching. AI has the ability to understand voice to text. We can talk to our AI now through Google Home and whatever these robots' names are. We can talk to them, and they respond to us. So now we're employing listening devices and putting it out there in the cloud, and the web, and the net, whatever you want to call it. Will they one day have access to this to also gather information? It's very, very scary not only that, I, you know, and maybe this, I have to look further into this. Right now it's only picking up gunshots. It's on rooftops and stuff, and that's a much higher sound than the human voice. But how long, I know there's laws in place right now, uh, you know, protecting you from, you know, people listening and gathering, you know, information without a warrant. But if you're in a public place, technically I can listen to anything I want. How long until everything is recorded via video and audio? I mean, we're already recorded via video most of the day anyway. Are we any safer? I mean, the stuff I just talked about today sounds absolutely horribly terrifying. So how does this extra surveillance and all this high tech that's getting smaller and smaller and smaller, how is that making us safer? So I want to come back now. I'm jumping all over the place again. I want to come back to these little mini robots that they describe, the Pentagon described them as locust-sized robots. And Ray Davis, again, was killing it this week. He said to me, he says, this almost sounds like the stuff from the Bible. And my first thought's always like, yeah, that's nuts. Because everything I talk about I think is nuts. And he sent me a quote from Revelation. You know, this is a great find, Ray. So Revelation chapter 9. It said, and he opened the bottomless pit. I'm sorry, not chapter 9. Revelation chapter 9, section 3. I'm sorry. And there came, there came out of the smoke locusts upon the earth. And unto them was given power, as the scorpions of the earth have power. Okay, so, what power was given to them? Is this some divine power that God gave? Or is there an AI that's programming these micro-drones to come out? Again, I think 
the more technologically we advanced, the the different lenses we can read things like the Bible with. It makes sense from a tech standpoint, doesn't it? If they have some kind of tech in their heads or they're connected to some kind of cloud and he gives them power to do this or the AI gives them power to do this. I know it sounds nuts, right? And it was commanded them that they should not hurt the grass of the earth, neither any green thing, neither any tree, but only those men which have not the seal of God in their foreheads. Well, is that an implant? Is that a chip? Is that talking about something with the third eye? Is it, Now, let's get real crazy. Elon Musk is talking about and putting nanotech in your brain to connect you to the cloud because you will no longer be a threat because you have the seal, you have the control of God, of the head archon in your head. So they will not touch their own drones already. People without the AI tech who they can't communicate with are the threat. Sounds wild, right? But it fits. Doesn't it fit? All right. And to them it was given that they should not kill them, but that they should be tormented five months. And their torment was the torment of a scorpion when he striketh a man. Why kill him when you can torture him and make him suffer? Because the ultimate goal is to have them produce more loosh, more suffering. Keep your crop and cattle alive, producing as much as you can. And in those days, men shall seek death and shall not find it, and shall desire to die, and death shall flee from them. That's Revelation chapter 9, sections 3 through 6. Check it out. You can read it for yourself. Okay. That's a, a find by Ray Davis making that connection. It was fantastic. So here's the thing. We, we talked about the aeonic copies that were found uh, in the Nag Hammadi library, which is at a minimum 1,500 years old. It's, it, the, that knowledge is probably much, much, much older than that. But this is the information that has been systematically destroyed. Now, what the Gnostics believed was that the God of the Bible, the God of the Old Testament, was this archon called Yaldabaoth. And Yaldabaoth was this cruel, torturous God. And you see instances of that in the Bible. That's not this all-knowing, all-loving, all-benevolent God, the way he picks and chooses who he's going to kill, who he's going to torment. That's not an all-forgiving God. Okay, now I'm not trying to get involved in religion right here. I'm just looking at what the Bible says here. If you want to take that as as word, I don't I don't look at the Bible as... Uh, the jury's still out of that. Listen to me stumbling here. My point being, the general story goes, the Old Testament, that guy was pretty cruel. He even admit, I'm a jealous God. But he also said, put no gods before me, meaning there are other gods, but you're telling them not to worship the other gods. So there's other intelligences out there. There's, in, in the Nag Hammadi library, there are multiple archons. There are higher powers than the head archon, but the head archon, Yaldabaoth, believed himself to be the only god. He he had this, he didn't he couldn't perceive things higher than himself. Okay? So my point being, it's a very confused, very angry demiurge, or AI. Quite possibly. All right. Now we can tie this stuff back into, you know, and I feel like I'm, you know, just on repeat here. The the evidence that we may be living in a some kind of a simulation. That's Nick Bostrom, the simulation argument, Philip K. Dick and all of his work, the Matrix movie, you know, these are theories out there, but well, Philip K. Dick's alleging he's experienced it. Nick Bostrom uses it as a logical argument, and uh, Professor Gates looked at it through string theory and has found the equations that show, yep, there's computer code embedded in the fabric of the equations that make up our reality. I've done several shows on that as well. Okay, so this is at a minimum something 
to look at a little bit further. Minds much brighter than mine, much better read than mine, should look at this because I think at a minimum it 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 deserves an honest inquiry because I'm not just spitting out there some random conspiracy theory. There's there's a pattern here. And now when you read some of these older religious texts with an AI mindset or a computer-based understanding, well, it makes sense now, right? Now, the book of Revelation is supposed to be a prediction of things that will come. But let's just think for a minute. What if it's not? What if it's a reflection on the past? You look, go back and look at the work of Graham Hancock and his uncovering that there was a high society here in Magicians of the Gods. You know, Eric Von Tonigan, um, you know, in his book, Chariots of the Gods, that spawned the ancient astronauts, the ancient aliens theory. Whether they were alien or not, was there a technologically advanced civilization here on the planet Earth? If there was, what happened to them? Are some of these, quote, predictions for the future, these visions, actually somebody seeing something that happened in the past? You know, they say Nostradamus looked into some kind of clear mirror that showed him his visions. Well, doesn't that sound a lot like a tablet? Maybe he came across some kind of old technology, was able to see just recorded videos of things that happened in the past and reported the best way he knew how. Now, with psychic and remote viewing stuff that we're looking at right now, obviously we can see anywhere in time, forward or backwards. So maybe we are seeing into the future. I don't know. The jury's out on that one. Again, which I think right now our best tool is using remote viewing data. You have a collection of viewers view the same target and see what they can acquire. Okay? I, I don't know. I, I don't know what the answer is. I think that's a good tool that we can use to try to get a better understanding of all this mess that I just threw out there onto the show. Which takes me to a, a solution now. You know, we if they're looking at, well, you don't have, quote, the mark of the beast or the seal of God in, you know, your foreheads, meaning you don't have the nanotech in your brain, well, what can you do? We talked about countermeasures for the drones and for the swarm technology, using jamming signals, using technology to fight technology. But we also need to tap into human potential. Why is this AI brain looking to limit our psychic potential because it's our greatest weapon and that's where i think we need to be doing a lot of our work as well because once we're in that survival mode once we're in that fear-based state it's much more difficult to grow spiritually to grow consciously we need to be doing that work now even if it's five minutes a day even if you're just reading books to expand your awareness of this possibility this stuff that's out there my remote for my remote viewing group I think we're doing an awesome thing right here, okay? Uh, we need to keep practicing the target, keep practicing our, our skill set and getting comfortable interpreting psychic data. All right, I could stand on this soapbox all day long and just go through this, but I'm just about out of time. Um I hope you found this information useful. Let me know your thoughts. Am I, have I completely lost it this time? Am I way off the deep end? Or do you think there's something to this? Please get in touch for my remote viewing team. I'm going to try something different again this week. And let me know. Do you want me to stay with a consistent method every week? Or do you want to keep trying different, different approaches until we find something that works? Let me know what your thoughts are because I keep changing the way that we're doing things. Um, 
Last week's experiment, we had some that seemed to hit the target uh, right on and some that kind of missed the mark a little bit, which is okay because even if you're not getting the target correctly, you're still getting a feel for, okay, well, the the sensations I experienced that I thought were worthy of writing down were not the feelings I was looking for, was not the data I was looking for. So sometimes even if you realize that you were wrong, for me, that's been some of my best teaching tools. When I when I finally got comfortable enough to start asking people, are you experiencing this? And they said no. Uh, and I was certain that they were telling the truth. I I was able to determine, well, that was my imagination. And it felt slightly different from what comes through as psychic data, if that makes sense. Okay, so even if you're wrong, share that information because it's still helpful. It's still beneficial in identifying this method, this process that we have. So something new I'm going to try, I haven't even selected a target yet, okay? Because they say from the research that I've read, you can pick a target a week later. I can give you coordinates right now. You can report on those coordinates, and then I'll identify the target you know, later without knowing what you're doing, without knowing what your data is. And we can still get accurate results. So even if you do your remote viewing session right now and I select the target a week from now, according to the research that's out there, good research that's out there, you can still accurately report on the target that I select. That's how they're able to predict the news in the future through the Farsight Institute. It doesn't matter when I select the target. So I have not selected a target yet just because I've been distracted all week. What I did do is I, I do have a set of target coordinates. I'm going to give you the coordinates. I want you to write them down. And I want you to try, when you're ready, to sit down, quiet your mind, and connect with that target. Now, things that you want to do in the very beginning, the first thing you do it, blank sheet of white paper, write the date, write the target coordinates at the top of your paper. As soon as you write those coordinates, start writing down your impressions. Do not try to tell me what the object is. I want you to describe the object. Don't use words that tell me what it is. I should be hearing things like, it feels rough, it feels smooth, it smells sour, it, it, uh, even you want to taste it, it tastes, it tastes bitter. Um, I see curving, or I see straight lines, wavy lines. The colors are red, green, the feelings are warm. That's your first level data that you want to get. Once you write down as many of those descriptors, and now if you feel you need to get another connection to it, write the coordinates down again, okay? And then start writing down your next set of impressions. Once you have that, then try to get larger level, uh, you know, the next level up of data. Again, not trying to identify the target, maybe identify its purpose, maybe identify more complex shapes. Try this week, I want you to try and draw a sketch of what you think it looks like. After you have that data, then connect with it and see how you can draw what that sketch would look like. Okay, see what we can do with that. So I'm going to give you the target coordinates. I want you to write them down, and when you're ready, do your session. And then please let me know what the results are. Okay, so your target coordinates are 10013. Again, 10013 are your target coordinates for this week's remote viewing session. Let me know what your results are. You can contact me, you know, through you guys who are doing it, you know how to contact me. If you're new to it, go to servicechange.com, click the contact tab. Let me know how you did. All right, friends, I am uh, 
gone much longer than I wanted to, but I needed to get these ideas out. I'm glad at the last minute I decided to do the show, even though I was going to take the week off. Ray, you inspired me this week with the stuff you were sending. If you haven't done so already, you need to be following us through the social media feeds. And ultimately, the Sixth Sense Media newsletter is going to start coming out. You're going to need to subscribe to the website as soon as it's ready. Uh, I'm just hung up on actually getting the newsletter activated. That's my last step, I think, and then we're ready to launch the website. But with this net neutrality stuff, I think your best bet is signing up for a newsletter so you don't miss a thing. If you haven't done so already, subscribe to The Secret Podcast through iTunes, through SoundCloud, through Google Play, through TuneIn Radio, through a whole other wide array of podcast players that are out there. Because you just can't rely on social media. It's I think that's very shaky ground right now. But in the time being, check us out. Make sure you're following us because Ray is killing it. He's killing it every week with the content he's putting up there, the discussions that we're having on Facebook, the news alerts that are coming through the Twitter feed. They keep me connected all day long. That's at 6 underscore sense underscore media. Check us out. I'm Dennis Nappy II. This has been another episode of The Secret Podcast where small changes among the masses can have a massive impact around the world, I encourage you to be that change. Never stop questioning. Keep open mind. Thank you.